1: And I'm Nicole, and you're listening to Wicked and Grim.
0: A true crime podcast. Warning. The following podcast contains graphic content and material intended for a mature audience. Listener discretion.
1: Welcome! Hello! How's it going?
0: What's up? Feels a little different this time. It
1: feels different because we <laughs> have like some serious cool shit going on.
0: Um, we're like, we probably like, I don't know, what was it? We were probably at, I'm, see I'm stumbling words, I don't even know what to say. Oh my god. We are at like 80-ish to 90-ish listeners as of last episode. And as of releasing this one, we're at almost 600 of you guys. Yeah,
1: it actually feels like... A little bit I'm almost a little nervous Which is funny <laughs> It's weird
0: I don't know what to say I don't know how to act I'm just like You know Like buttoning up my shirt Making sure I'm printing Printing proper for everybody Are we
1: presenting this okay? I don't
0: know Probably not But, but we're gonna do our best
1: We also probably had like 2,500 listens I think right?
0: Yeah we just hit 2,500 uh, Downloads, episode. listens, plays Whatever you want to say mm-hmm. uh, On the last episode And, and it's,
1: Drum roll please uh,
0: Can I do a drum roll?
1: Do-do-do-do-do. What are we at now?
0: 10,000. <laughs> 10,206 to be exact. That's freaking wild. It's crazy. You guys have blown us out of the water this week. Thank you so much for your support and welcome to everyone else who's tuning in. We appreciate you guys. We've got messages, uh, comments of people actually binge listening. Binging to like listening days. Which makes me like terrified because I can't imagine I should go back and listen to our first episodes.
1: Oh, you were going to. You I haven't yet. Hey?
0: Um, But I can't imagine how we've changed since then already.
1: Yeah, probably a bit. And
0: remember those episodes where we had like bloopers left in by accident?
1: There's only been one, isn't there?
0: I think there's like two, isn't there? I Anyways, it was just one. Either way, all the new people went back and just heard us like mess up royally. So yeah.
1: Oh, okay, There, because there was my my complete shit show spiral. Oh, the
0: episode five
1: in the Donnellys. <laughs> the
0: I, orgasms, I apologize the about that. that oh was my gosh, that
1: was just a a rocky road.
0: A rocky road.
1: <laughs> yeah, but no. But honestly, they're binging. People are binging like seventeen episodes and two days which i was like or even 24 hours i was like yeah there impressive. was people saying you
0: did it in one day like good work yes like you so deserve a medal pat on the back at least cheers to you guys
1: yeah our so. dog just loudly sighed
0: <laughs> she's tired <sighs> of our shit yeah she's like you guys don't deserve them
1: okay <laughs> and the other super cool thing ben what are you drinking
0: i am drinking some juice from cold juicery e!
1: So we have a discount code to share. We do. Which is super awesome.
0: Before we get into the discount code, though, for anyone who's local, you know, Cold Juicery, they they make some pretty dope juice.
1: So local as in Northern BC, really? Yes, yes. That's where we're, we're located in Prince George, BC. Um, so Cold Juicery is up at the Northern Sports Center. So like the UNBC gym. Yeah. And um, you can just go in there to their juicery. You don't have to be like part of the gym or anything. and. They have an awesome shop and I am legitimately obsessed <laughs> with cold juicery. Well, so that's... the fact that we, like, I'm probably going to be the main one using the fucking discount code.
0: Probably. <laughs> that's the only reason we, we became affiliates with cold juicery is because it's a company that we are already like.
1: Think is dope as yeah, shit. Yeah,
0: they're cool. We're, we're totally down with supporting them and having that little back and forth with them. Yeah. So if you order online, you can use Wicked 15 and get a discount from ordering their juices. Yeah. But again, it is a local company. For the month so of June. Make sure you're in Northern BC. Yes, for the month of June.
1: For the month of June. I'm just going to say we're drinking the Bull Juice, which is actually one of my faves. <laughs> Apparently, Ben is really enjoying it.
0: I kind of um, want to turn it into like a mimosa. A mimosa.
1: Well, I'm surprised that you haven't done that shit yet. I probably should It's shouldn't. orange, carrot, <laughs> apple, and lime. So it's like super good. We're boosting our fucking immune systems right now
0: we being healthy.
1: We all need that shit right it's now. It's the
0: healthy choice. It's not bread in a bottle. It's not beer. It's not whiskey. Look
1: at you. Yeah, you're like going up a class here with this.
0: I am sophisticated. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed, but when I drank this juice, I had my pinky in the air. You did. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so anyway, we'll put a post up about it too. It's Wicked 15 for the month of June.
0: Yeah, go hit them up. Go, Do go it. support them. They're a great they won't little regret local it. business. Okay, you ready for this?
1: I am so ready because, okay, this is like one of the... Um, requests we have probably gotten the most to do this case.
0: Yes, it is. And my mic is like sagging here. So I'm oh, sorry. I'm no. going to adjust a bit. I got to like actually a get a to them. mic. I have a saggy <laughs> mic. There's a pill for that.
1: Oh God, I, I couldn't, I could not let that go. So anyway, we have a, on our like highlights in our stories, um, a place where you can request cases that you think we would cover really well. Or just sweet cases. And this one like came up constantly. Yes. And we're doing it.
0: So, yeah, well, and and I just want to give you guys a heads up. Like usually we like to tell the story from the perspective of the victims like as much as possible. If we can. Um, You know, because we don't want to help promote serial killers and their life or anything. Exactly. Um, But the scenario is a little bit different. Um, It's going to be from the other side of things. It is going to be from the killer's perspective. Oh. Uh, this is the case of Canada's worst random massacre in history. So we are going to look at the events leading up and what uh, what took place and like what's in the account through his eyes.
1: The worst, did you say?
0: It is the most worst random oh, massacre.
1: random. Yes. Okay.
0: This is the story of the Shell Lake Massacre.
1: Dun, dun, dun.
0: Okay, I don't know if you guys are ready for this. I don't know if
1: I'm ready for this.
0: This is a tough one. So take our warning at the beginning of this podcast very, very seriously. Um, Yeah, consider yourself warned. Oh, shit,
1: you just got really serious. Now I'm like, do I want to be listening? (laughs)
0: Um, Well, it's, I mean, of course, it is a murder case. It's a massacre. Um, But there is one specific spot in this where it gets a little extra heavy.
1: Oh, boy. So. Okay, let's do it.
0: So the story begins in a small village called Leask, I think that's how you say it, L-E-A-S-K. It's just north of Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. Okay. um, And it takes place in 1946.
1: Oh, wow. Okay, I didn't realize this was quite that old.
0: Oh, yeah. It's a while ago. It's a while ago. But it's in the 1900s at least, so it's not too long ago.
1: That's pretty long ago.
0: Well, I mean, we were born like, what, 42 years after this guy was born.
1: Which is a long time.
0: So... Anyways, uh, it starts in 1946 with a young boy named Victor Ernest Hoffman. He grew up in an ordinary family of devout Lutheran Christians. Like other farmers in the district, the Hoffmans practiced mixed farming, which is a practice of both growing hay and raising cattle. It's kind of back and forth, right? Okay. There's a lot of that around here too, right? Yeah, I
1: didn't know there was like a name to it.
0: Well, now you know. You done did learn something today. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, so they would follow the seasons, you know, the routine of the season, hang in certain seasons and moving the cattle and all that sort of stuff. And it included the occasional holiday, just like anyone who works a nine to five, but it would usually revolve around the farm schedule, right? Okay. They worked pretty hard and when the farm allowed, then maybe they would take a little holiday if possible.
1: Farming is like a really tough lifestyle.
0: It is. You gotta be, you gotta be a hard worker and you gotta be tough. Yeah. So. Now, of course, being religious, they also had Sundays, which was the Lord's Day, okay. and was primarily used for church and worship. Mm-hmm. So it's your pretty standard family, especially for in the 1940s, you know, Northern Canadian farming family, going to church, raising some kids, doing Nothing that whole thing. Nothing
1: sounds off yet to me.
0: Yeah, it's pretty, pretty standard. So everyone in this little district um, where they grew up in Leesk, the village, um, The surrounding area, they were all like pretty much friends, uh, according to Mr. Hoffman, which was uh, Was Victor's father. It was a small town, yeah. It was considered a village, okay. So it was pretty, pretty small. I'm not too sure what a village consists of. I think a village is like under 400 people or something like that. Yeah, it's
1: pretty small.
0: So, according to Victor's parents, everyone in the area were civil and friends. Nice. Um, And there's a quote here actually from the father Uh, We live in a nice district, and the people are very nice. We are well known here.
1: Everyone's just fucking nice.
0: Everyone knows each other. Love it. And everyone's just fucking nice, (laughs) according to (laughs) Nicole. It's a very tight-knit community. Let's put it that way. There you go. So to his parents, Victor was an excellent farmer, hard worker, and a responsible person. He didn't seem very different from any of the other kids around his age. He seemed healthy. He was a bit quiet and shy but he was able to amuse and entertain himself easily, just like any other kid going outside to play sort of thing, right? Mm-hmm. He did have one close friend, but he mostly kept to himself. As, as I mentioned, you know, he was kind of shy. Yeah. So as he grew up, he didn't drink or smoke. And though he wasn't overly religious, he did occasionally attend church, mostly just to make his parents happy, mostly his dad. Oh, okay. So in grade nine, he did begin begin missing school a bit many of us do going through that rebellious stage of life exactly i
1: i never had that
0: i skipped school i think twice once was to go the new system system of a down seat came out
1: i knew you then
0: and the other time was i wanted to go to the dollar store i don't think i ever (laughs) skipped school you like, are a goody two-shoes. You're welcome
1: to my parents, really. I was amazing.
0: We are both pretty good kids. Actually,
1: our parents, I feel like we're pretty lucky. Yeah. Both of them. Not, like that Sound like we have the same parents. We do wow. not have the same parents.
0: My parents and your parents are <laughs> yes, lucky. there you go. You're welcome, <laughs> mom and dad. <laughs> Anyways, moving on <laughs> from that awkward conversation. Thanks, babe.
1: Oh, gosh, that was good.
0: So he began missing in school a little bit. Um, and the principal questioned why Victor wasn't coming to school when the odd time when he was missing it. His parents and principal talked, and the principal said Victor is, is no trouble. Um, he's very good in school, or he behaves good in school at least. Okay. And he had no trouble, and he would have no trouble going right up to grade 12 and graduating high school. Nice. But Victor didn't really progress like the principal had expected or his parents had expected. A gra- around grade nine, something went wrong. And another, there's a lot of quotes through this, just so you know. I love that though. Uh, so here's a quote from his father. His father said, as far as being smart, he was just as smart as the rest of the boys. He used to work here and fix bicycles for the neighbor boys and what they couldn't fix. He could.
1: Wow. That's actually like a compliment and a half. It is.
0: So he's, he's. He's got his head on straight. He's he's a smart kid and he, he can work with his hands. He's a hard worker. He's, he's knowing what he's doing. Mm-hmm. He's very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Competent. Yeah. So Victor continued to work on the farm and was extremely good at whatever work he would do. And so much so that he would even work on other farms occasionally.
1: Oh, okay. He got recruited.
0: He did. <laughs> He had a knack for figuring out a lot of issues on farms, like how to plant the seeds properly or hay the fields in a certain way. Because it's like you got lots of ruts or wet mm. spots and all this sort of thing. So, figuring out the lay of the land sort of thing, he had no problem overcoming any obstacles out in the field like that. That's- Whereas a lot of people had issues. Problem cool. solving.
1: I've gone by farms and stuff. It's always really impressive. Like you see little patches yeah. of like where it's probably too wet, and I'm like, oh man, like they just know their field yeah. so well. That's yeah. impressive.
0: And Victor had no problem reading the field like that and was able to figure it out, no problem. Awesome. So he he knew what he was doing when it came to the field work. Little did his parents know, though, Victor was struggling. And maybe it was because he was able to hide it well, or maybe it was because his parents were distracted with the farm, or maybe it was because they had six other kids taking up their time as well. What
1: was wrong?
0: Well, either way, Victor way Victor was uh, suffering alone. Let's put it that way.
1: Mental health.
0: We'll get into it. Okay. (laughs) We'll definitely get into it. I need to know. Um, jumping ahead a little bit, according to medical reports, Victor had actually been suffering, here it is, uh, from schizophrenic, schizophrenia most of okay. his life. Okay. Victor recounted an event from his childhood that he, you ready for this? Uh oh. That he saw the devil when he was just six years old.
1: Oh boy, holy shit.
0: Can you imagine being six years old face to face with a devil?
1: Oh man, I would shit my pants. I'm,
0: I, nope, I'm out. I'm Done. sorry. And then on top of it, hiding that from your parents. Hiding that
1: for that long and stuff.
0: Yeah, no thanks.
1: Well, yeah, like you probably wouldn't feel comfortable saying that knowing that they were like religious and stuff, right? Well, but I would think. I don't know. Like
0: from my perspective, and I mean, I'm not schizophrenic by any idea or anything. Maybe I am. I don't know. Maybe you're a figment of my imagination. Maybe Are you, I'm babe? not
1: really here. Shit. Shit.
0: Anyways, from my perspective, I would think that, like, going to my parents or the church or praying or something might be able to help me from the devil, right? Well,
1: yeah. To tell your parents might be helpful. It's actually surprising at that age that he could hide it from them. I remember I would probably, like, kindergarten grade one, and I, like, prank called someone. <laughs> and I didn't last, like, a fucking hour before I had to tell them. And I was freaking out.
0: The guilt got to you? But
1: I was just, like, bawling. Oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. So I wouldn't be able to hold anything in. You have to tell
0: us what the prank call involved. I've never heard this story before. Oh, it
1: was nothing. Like I literally just picked up the phone and like dialed numbers and then someone was like, hello, hello. And then I hung up. That's it? That's not even a prank call. But then I was like, oh my God, I'm a terrible person.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Wow. That is. Yeah, lame. Underwhelming.
1: (laughs) It's very lame. But I couldn't even hold that in. Wow. So there you go. I wouldn't be able to hold in that. I saw the devil.
0: Yeah, no kidding. (laughs) Anyways, let's get back to to the story a bit here. I'm going to tell you what the devil actually looked like.
1: Ooh, I I want to know.
0: The creature stood. I'm going to refer to his creature devil back and forth a little bit, depending on how I wrote this. I'm sorry.
1: That's fine. I was
0: tired when I wrote it, so. That's fine. The creature or devil stood about six feet tall. He was black as night with a long tail, but this encounter wouldn't be the only encounter with the beast. He would also begin to feel in the middle of the night. (gasps) At times of day, random places, wherever, that he was being seduced by both Satan and God, being pulled one direction or the other.
1: Oh, wow.
0: Yeah. For a little six-year-old boy. And as he's growing up to feel this sort of shit.
1: Well, yeah. That's like traumatizing,
0: really. Oh, it's brutal. Sometimes he would even hear tapping sounds and would wake up at night to a drumming sound that would get faster and faster.
1: And that's the devil.
0: Well, I would most likely think so. Yeah. Either that or it's just some noisy neighbor with a drum set.
1: Like you. You I don't, don't have, you a, don't drum have set. a drum set, but you can be a noisy. Well, not even a neighbor to live with you. You're noisy.
0: <laughs> Thank you. I love you too. Wow.
1: I love you too.:
0: Appreciate it. <laughs> so when he was about 10, he began having strange experiences and daily impulses to, quote unquote, "kill.":
1: At 10.
0: At 10 years old. Okay. He would have impulses to kill strangers, oh my, neighbors, and even friends when he would meet them.
1: Holy shit! I. I that's so little. Yeah. You should be like making mud pies and stuff.
0: <laughs> making that's very specific.
1: <laughs> Not like being visualizing killing people.
0: I'm pretty sure ten year olds these days are playing Fortnite oh, f- and texting and shit. Well,
1: ten year old back then wouldn't be doing that shit. Yeah,
0: no though. kidding. So, like I said, through all this, he never told his parents about it—not once. He didn't discuss any of his problems, and as far as anyone knew, he had—he was a normal child. He had a normal childhood, and he was maybe just a little bit shy.
1: I can't That's believe it. he could hold that shit in. I, okay,
0: I can't hold in a fart, let alone <laughs> anything like that.
1: Oh my gosh! Well, maybe he was better at holding in his farts.
0: Maybe, maybe. Or no,
1: he—he he probably was worse at it. I mean, because he was so good at this.
0: Oh one to the other. Who knows? Anyways, he's a better man than I am. That's all I know. So throughout all his impulses to kill, he never acted towards them.
1: Well, at 10, I doubt he could even do it, but okay.
0: Well, I mean, you never know. I mean, give a kid a gun, you never know what's going to happen, right? Especially a farm kid, right?
1: Well, yeah, he sounded smart and tough and stuff.
0: Yeah. But what he did do is he did direct his impulses Uh against animals.
1: Shit. I should have saw that coming. I have a problem with that. Yeah, you do. So my reaction was more intense about the animals. <laughs> oh, Lord. I don't know so, if I want to hear any of that, but okay.
0: Once he caught a cat in a trap. Oh, shit. And he threw the trap and the cat inside a smokehouse. Nice. And he left it there for three weeks.
1: Oh, God. Okay.
0: But he did take it out and let it go because he did feel bad.
1: What is a smokehouse? Okay, I thought that he was like smoking it.
0: No, he didn't smoke. He's just an an inactive smokehouse. So a smokehouse oh, is.
1: So he's just like holding, holding a captive for three yeah, weeks. Yeah,
0: he starved it and. Oh like, my gosh. Just in a cage for three weeks. Okay, that's. A smokehouse, so though. Basically, picture like a little shed with like racks in it. You can light a little fire inside and like smoke salmon or something or Well, yeah, I thought that it was like going to be on or something.
1: No, like, oh, he God. didn't
0: smoke the cat, but he did put it in there without an active fire. Still shitty. So he did feel bad for the cat and he did let it go. Um, Even though he did let this one go though, because he felt bad for the extended torture of the animal, he did continue to kill. He would club cats. Mm. He would stomp on them, hurt them in other ways. He killed dogs, several hundred squirrels, and enjoyed hunting wild game. Killing animals just straight up made him happy.
1: Wow.
0: I just want to address the hunting thing real quick because I do know hunting is like a controversial topic for some people. I'm a hunter. I do hunt. I have pulled the trigger on animals. I'm going Mm -hmm. to say that right now. Um, I do not enjoy killing animals.
1: Well, and it's done in the most humane way possible. Yes. And I'm feeling like he probably, well, I don't think he did it that way.
0: Well, he may have done it in the most humane way possible. But when, when you talk to most hunters and I have had this conversation with hunters in the past, if you talk to a hunter, 99.9% of the times they're a decent human being. They enjoy going out hiking. They enjoy going out camping. They enjoy tracking the animal, calling the animal, the thrill of hunting the pride. Even when you do get something, but that moment in having to pull the trigger and actually take the life of an animal is the hardest thing you'll ever have to do. It's Mm -hmm. not enjoyable. No hunter that I have ever spoken to likes likes that that part.
1: part. Hmm.
0: You actually asked me a few years ago how I can pull the trigger on an animal. Do you remember what I said? (sighs) If I can think, if I think about it, I wouldn't be able to do it.
1: Oh, okay. I don't remember.
0: It's, it's, it's not fun. Yeah. So.
1: But then, okay. But honestly, going to the grocery store and stuff, like, those animals still like died right for you to be able to like eat them and like nourish your body and stuff so it's like
0: yeah i don't know hunting is more like a as far as hunter's perspective yeah it's a more sustainable way of of filling your freezer and a more humane way of it. And
1: it's it, organic so. as shit because Lord knows what's... Yes. Yeah.
0: And like one animal can feed a family for a whole year. Yeah. Rather than multiple animals dying for a certain part. Anyways, that's a whole other conversation. Yeah,
1: okay. So. so the hunting... Okay. Maybe that's fine. But the, the killing of the cats and the friggin' dogs, uh-uh.
0: Well, no. my, my point is not that the hunting's fine. It's hunt... Like he enjoys killing the animals. So that's why he hunts. That's not cool.
1: Oh, okay, that's not cool. That's
0: like he enjoys yeah. pulling the trigger. He enjoys taking okay. the animals. Okay, he's life. like satisfied by doing that. Yeah, that's that's not a hunter.
1: Okay, I see. Where, okay, I see where we're going with this. So
0: finally, after a five-minute <laughs> conversation, yeah, sorry,
1: yeah, everyone was along for that ride. <laughs>
0: um, once he did actually beat up a younger boy, and he kept beating him. Like the fight's over, and he kept punching, kept kicking, sort of thing. Um, and Victor actually threatened the boy and told him not to tell anyone. And oh. the boy being fearful of the situation and Victor obliged. He didn't tell anyone about it.
1: Well, like what? He went to his parents and what the hell did you he say happened to him?
0: I don't know. <laughs> I ran into a door. I, just, I don't Oh,
1: know. Lord. Okay. So. Interesting.
0: So one day while having breakfast, Victor began to hear voices. <clears throat> He heard the devil calling to him. So he followed the voice and he followed it outside. And to that, Uh-oh. he saw a figure standing before him that was about six foot six tall, six foot sixteen inches tall, sorry, that weighed about 300 pounds and looked like a pig. and it had no clothes on.
1: Is that the devil?
0: I would assume so. He's described the devil a little bit differently a few times. Hmm. But this is uh, a very specific description that I have found. So the first one. And this one are two different ways he has described the devil. Okay. It's a big pig like figure, basically. Weird. Ugly. Yeah. When he saw the figure, it told him that he would have to, that he could make him very rich if he would only just bow to him. Oh boy. Like anyone, though, Victor was reluctant. He didn't bow to the devil. Okay, good. But eventually he did kneel down on one knee thinking this would make him half as rich and still please the devil.
1: Oh, goodness.
0: He didn't become rich, of course. Maybe because the devil wasn't real, or but Victor thought it was because he refused to actually fully bow to the devil. Since Hmm. then, he saw the devil about a total of 20 times. One time, the devil even helped him pick berries, actually.
1: Oh, my gosh. That's so random. (laughs) Uh,
0: But the devil wasn't very good at it, I guess.
1: I wouldn't be very good at picking berries either. No, you
0: wouldn't. Oh, not picking. I thought you said you wouldn't want to pick. I thought you were going a different way with that. I thought you were going to say you didn't want to pick berries with the devil. I was going to be like, what? Just a nice Sunday afternoon No, a I,
1: I'm not good at picking berries and I wouldn't want
0: to pick <laughs> them with the devil. Could you imagine, though, just like off in the field picking berries with the devil? Okay, what berries do you picture picking when you think of that? I don't know why, but I just thought blueberries all of a sudden. I was like, blueberries. Just... <laughs> blueberries blueberries with the devil. I don't
1: know, I think it went like strawberries. Hmm. That's like really random and weird.
0: It is. Anyways. Not
1: a memory that you want as a child. Well, if if
0: that's not unsettling enough though, he also saw disembodied cold hands several times. They were floating and they would then feel and touch him on his neck and body. So just floating floating hands that would just Grope him, basically. Cool. I didn't say anything about sexually, but it would, like, grope him.
1: That's awesome. That shit's too much. That's fucked up. That's, That's what worse that is. than bears <laughs> with the devil, in my opinion.
0: <laughs> and not much can beat that. So.
1: <laughs> oh, gosh.
0: Wow. Okay, anyways, shortly after he saw the devil when he was young, Victor also began to see what he, what he would call angels. They looked like human beings, and they were mostly dressed like women. One angel tried to actually protect him one day and told him many times that he needed to stop killing these animals. But then the devil attacked her. And, oh. Yeah, it's kind of fucked up. Uh, and, claimed, and he claims that he suddenly found himself standing there with a sword in his hands. So the devil is wrestling with an angel and Victor's standing there in with a, a, sword. a sword in his hands. just I, random yeah i did i okay let's move on <laughs>
1: he would have somehow probably just grabbed that sword somewhere
0: well if there even was one oh, okay but okay. whatever it was if there was anything in his hands or not he succumbed to the urge to attack another angel that was beside him
1: oh he's attacking the angel The angel
0: he for whatever urge he had he didn't want to but that's the urge he had from the devil yeah Occasionally, God and the angels would tell him that he could not make plans because only God can do this for him. So we're dealing like these are the sort of things that's going through a young man's mind, like starting at the age of six, mm-hmm. and he's still in school at this point. Like this is well, and he's up.
1: like hasn't have any outlet outlet to be talking about this shit to anyone yeah. with,
0: and like right around now, he's he's about the age of fifteen, and he's also like. We're just getting into this, but he's also obsessed with guns. He's getting oh, into guns now.
1: It's perfect combination.
0: So it's, it's deep, it's dark and it's, it's so messed and up. And cause
1: back then too, like, I don't know. I feel like mental health or mental illnesses is like more of a thing that's like you could openly be about now. Yes. And back then it's probably like even harder, right?
0: Oh, definitely.
1: Like not, like almost frowned upon or whatever. Like, oh, I'm, I'm sure it was. Get your shit together or whatever. So it's come a long way.
0: Thankfully, thankfully,
1: thankfully, for sure. Holy.
0: So like I said, Victor was obsessed with guns at this age and he actually broke into a local store and stole several guns and ammunition. Oh boy. He was never actually caught though. He got away with it. Um, Really? But his obsession got the better of him because at the age of 17, he broke into that same store again and a neighbor actually found ammunition that he had stole and reported it to the police. He didn't okay. serve very long. He was only in jail for oh, like a couple days. Oh, he did okay jail for that.
1: Okay. There's only
0: like a couple days of jail though, as far as I could find. So it wasn't very long.
1: But they thought that he just stole am- ammunition. Maybe not guns too. Wait, what? The guy that reported him. Yeah. Did he say that he just stole like... Bullets and stuff, or like guns, as well. Oh, no, he
0: found ammunition and reported him to be the thief. And so they like searched the house. Okay, okay, okay. Sorry, I was not there. Okay, so throughout this whole time, the devil kept appearing and speaking to Victor, trying to get him to sell his soul. Oh, and threatening him that if he didn't follow his advice, he would die a million deaths. (laughs) Like, this is some dark shit. Well,
1: that's pretty terrifying.
0: Well, I can't, I, starting at the age of six, Six, he's what now, been 11 years of this. 11 years. Okay. So Victor also heard from, like I said, God and angels. um, And God actually promised him that he would be taken to heaven if he could catch the devil. Oh. Victor tried a few times to catch the devil and managed a few times, but the devil kept getting away. Once he even uh, had the devil, but he had to let it go because apparently the stench was just so bad he couldn't stand it. So he never did end up actually catching (laughs) the devil. That's
1: like really interesting.
0: Yeah. So when he was 19, he actually tried to shoot the devil. And he was also unsuccessful, which is just... Messed.
1: i'm just like actually feeling like really bad for him
0: oh he's going through so much
1: like i feel like really bad like he needed help that he wasn't getting definitely oh well
0: he even said at one at one of these times when he tried to catch the devil and the devil escaped the devil took away victor's magic from him whatever that even means
1: well maybe it's like zest for life or something i don't know hmm
0: So anyways, on the morning of May 27th, 1967, his mother heard a shot and then another shot. Uh Uh-oh. She went outside to the fields where Victor was and she was about halfway there. And she hears him shouting, I shot the devil. She pleaded with him as she got closer. She's trying to get closer and closer to him. Like, don't shoot, don't shoot. And eventually she did get up to him and she got the gun away and took Victor back to the house. That day was also a little bit different because he was feeling physically ill from some chemical treatment processes they would do to treating the grain on the farm. So he had like some burns and stuff on him. So it could have made him even worse. Who knows, right? Oh,
1: okay. I thought that was gonna go down worse, but okay.
0: Yeah, it seems like she could have gotten shot. Yeah, or something. that's Thankfully, or I thought that didn't. he
1: was like shooting his siblings or something and didn't realize or yeah. something.
0: So Anyways, a short while after they got back to the house, and he took off in a car and just drove away. Oh man! Yeah,
1: she needed to stop him.
0: Well, she couldn't. She like, couldn't. She got yeah. him back to the house, and he just peeled out. Oh so. boy! So immediately, as soon as he was gone, though, his mother and father hid all the guns in the house because something's something's not right at this point. Clearly, yeah, they may have not known things are going wrong before, but now shouting in the middle of a field I just shot the devil while firing shots off in the middle of the air something's fucked up
1: something's not quite right here
0: yeah so they hit all the guns and thankfully they did because half an hour later Victor returned asking where the guns are saying no one's gonna get hurt and they didn't give him the guns and he left again and then came back again and when he came back again he he said he wanted to speak to the local pastor
1: oh jeez His poor parents are probably just like freaking out. Oh, I
0: can't imagine that situation.
1: Oh man, that would be the most stressful shit to deal with.
0: So the pastor came to see Victor that afternoon amongst all this stress, I guess. Um,
1: Well, of course he probably freaking sped his ass there. Well, yeah. Like let's get this down to business here. Well,
0: and just to kind of get a perspective on the parents here, I do have a quote from the father again at this point in time. And he said, that poor guy. I guess he called for help. I guess he didn't know which way to turn. Mm. So he just, the pastor is where he was going, right?
1: Mm-hmm. So he's going the right way at that point. Yes,
0: yes. So while Victor was talking to the pastor, his mom tried to listen, but he, she couldn't hear much. The only thing she did manage to hear was right at the end of their conversation when the pastor was leaving. And Victor said, and I quote, I'd like to kill mom.
1: Oh, wow. Wow. That's shit that you don't want to hear from your son.
0: No kidding. That's
1: oh, that's terrifying.
0: So the next day, Victor was taken to the Saskatchewan Hospital at North Battleford, which is 127 kilometers away. I mean, I props to them for making it through the night. Yeah. Like the next day, that I would have been like, yeah, I don't know if I can stand next to my son who I wants to shoot sleep me.
1: Sleep in this house. Yeah.
0: So. Anyways, they made it there, and the psychiatrist had found Victor to be quote-unquote schizoid in the state of acute schizophrenic reaction and that he needed to be hospitalized.
1: Okay. That's good, though.
0: Victor, he was only getting worse at this point. He clearly understood his own condition and how bad he was getting because uh-huh. he voluntarily admitted himself okay, good. Um, to the clinic on May 29th, 1967.
1: Okay, awesome that's good that's a good step
0: it is definitely is so when he when he was admitted his state became clear to psychiatrists quickly um he talked to himself periodically he laughed when he was alone he was concerned whether he was a boy or a girl because he said the devil put another brain in his body as a special kind of punishment for refusing to sell his soul Wow. And the brain was said to belong to a girl named Denise who now wanted to take over his body in order for her to become herself again. Wow. Uh,
1: that's wild.
0: He also complained of stomach cramps and burning sensations. And the hospital said he would masturbate daily, which I think that's just a young man's thing. I don't think that's uh, <laughs> anything to be concerned about. That's normal health, I think.
1: Okay. <laughs> no comment. <laughs>
0: anyways moving on <laughs> so because of all this though victor said he wanted an i quote eternity of death he just wanted it all to end
1: okay oh man the poor thing really
0: uh it's just crazy what he's going through i can't
1: that's so young because at this point okay is he like 17 there
0: um or are you not sure well, 1967. Oh, oh
1: that's older than... I think
0: he might be 20, 21, somewhere in there.
1: Still quite young. Yes. Oh, boy. That's, like, quite the life.
0: It's... I, I don't know if that is a life.
1: Well, yeah, frig. Frigg.
0: So he reported his visions and encounters to the doctors, but he was told they weren't real and they were only in his head. But of course, you know, Victor fought that. He's like, no, like I fought the devil one point. I touched the angels and touched the devil like it's real.
1: It feels so real to him. Um,
0: But he quickly came to realize that if he kept saying this, he would never get out of the hospital.
1: Oh, no. So maybe they weren't handling this right then.
0: Oh, the hospital definitely wasn't handling this right. We're getting into that. Don't worry. Don't worry. So he was diagnosed with schizophrenic disorder, uh, chronic with uncontrolled symptoms and severe social handicaps. Uh, He was started on a series of 12 ECT tranquil, 12 ETCs, tranquilizers, occupational therapy and supportive psychotherapy. So, to clarify, though, the ECT is electroconvulsive therapy, also referred to as electroshock therapy.
1: What? Uh,
0: so, I, I did read up a little bit on electroshock. It's not as bad as movies portray it to be. Okay.
1: I'm like, what is that? Though it
0: still is is not a good thing. It's
1: not what he needed. That's for sure, right?
0: Well, electroshock therapy, it, it's a procedure to, to use to treat, like, depression— um, and maybe used for people who have symptom symptoms of delusions, hallucinations, suicidal oh, okay. thoughts. Um, it's electrical stimulation which lasts up to eight seconds that produces a short seizure but because of anesthesia, the seizure actively um, doesn't like actually cause the convulsions. okay um, it's not known exactly how the brain stimulates the the treatment like correlates between the two, mm-hmm. but apparently it's like supposed to help the brain chemicals or okay. neurotransmitters or something but it's still it's usually like against people's will is it and it's still like,
1: used today i wonder i don't
0: think so or if it is it's very rare cases but yeah. it's very controversial treatment okay um, but it doesn't sound as bad as movies make it seem so okay sorry i stumbled through that that was like medical copy and paste That's section okay. trying to read that
1: we knew what you were saying we were, we're okay. there
0: so after his second uh, ETC treatment, there was a uh, definite improvement. He was more pleasant, less withdrawn, but still delusional.
1: Yeah, but he's faking it uh, at
0: this point, maybe. Not really. He's just not being too as, vol- open, as and open and honest, maybe. Okay. Yeah. But he's definitely not faking anything. So after his fifth treatment, he was more cooperative and social and stated that his ideas of seeing the devil and talking to them were probably just his imag- imagination. But he did say he still had magic powers.
1: Mm, those weren't going away.
0: No, no. E- ECT can't take away the magic. No, nope, definitely have magic
1: powers. You're keeping those. Yep. Dance, magic dance.
0: Sorry. Anyways, after his ninth treatment, not much would change. Um, but he did claim like he was his, his usual self. So okay. his 12th treatment, um, he was doubtful about all the devil and all the angel and all that stuff. Um, he still believed that at times the black devil was with him. And he said that if he was discharged, he would try again to catch and destroy the devil.
1: So that doesn't seem like he's really healed at all. Not really.
0: He's not, not really, really at
1: all. Because, like, yeah, that doesn't seem like that's really healed at all. Yeah. <laughs> like, even remotely.
0: But in Victor's mind, he'd never been more ready to go home and enjoy his life. So he remained cooperative, pleasant, uh, sociable, all that sort of stuff. He was a little did bit they se- let him seclusive out? still. Um they did let him out. They let him out. They did let him out.
1: Even though he was still saying that he was seeing the devil.
0: Yes. What? Okay, so we're a little bit ahead here. Let me just catch up okay, on, on sorry, one thing I'll here. Okay,
1: sorry, I can shut up. Uh,
0: so killing was, however, still in his mind. He thought of siblings as being dead, killing his parents, classmates. Sweet. To be clear, though, all these times that he does want to kill, he doesn't want to kill. It's just an urge to kill. It's not that these people deserve to die or he wants to kill them. It's just this overwhelming, like, sensation that he needs to kill.
1: But that's a lot of serial killers. Yes. And and murderers and stuff. They have this urge.
0: Yes. And so, they act on it. So he just knew he felt the urge to kill someone, but he had no reason to. But it was there. So the psychiatrist told Victor's father he was schizophrenic, schizophrenic but not too bad. <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs>
1: Yeah, holy frig.
0: Uh, he, asked a doc- he asked a doctor how long until Victor would be able to come home, and the doctor said maybe a year or two, um, and he'll be as good as ever. However, July 26, 1967, only two months after he was admitted, Victor was discharged to his family. Why? Uh, I don't know, because the doctor's a dick.
1: Two months, when at one point he told his father that it was going to be like a year or two? Yep. They probably just didn't want to deal with him anymore. I don't know, probably. Or thought they couldn't do any better or whatever. So, That's baloney.
0: But this seems like it's a, a common theme where just people aren't taken seriously. Their conditions aren't taken seriously. Whether they should be released sooner or later. It seems like just mental illness is never, never taken as quite as serious as it should be.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, especially so, back, back in the day.
0: Oh, definitely. So he was released with some medication, though, to be clear. Sweet. To help him recover, you know, just that little little good good in your system, right? he's
1: good to go, I'm sure. Oh,
0: exactly. A couple little, you know, tic-tacs and...
1: You're good. Brand new. Solid.
0: So when he came home from the hospital, Victor knew something was going to happen to him.
1: Oh, gosh. Like right away. Oh, gosh. It's already just like a big mistake.
0: In the hospital, a patient even told him that he was going to commit murder three weeks after being discharged. The boy, Victor, thought must have had visions or something because Victor had visions and stuff too right yeah she was like this this guy knows something he believed him he's like it's reading the future
1: <laughs> what's in my head right now i'm like how many more cats are gonna get killed <laughs>
0: <laughs> well um, we're not looking at cats anymore. i know we're, we're
1: done with the cats but i yep. still can't get over the cats
0: so he was glad to be home it was hard to get used to the farming again you know he's a little bit weary and tired, but he was he was happy um he started being without his medication about august 8th Victor felt like he was fine till August 11th. Oh, okay. And this is only like two weeks after being discharged, right?
1: Like that. Did they not say this medication was like life for life?
0: I I don't know. I don't think so. And I'm sure back then they probably didn't even care.
1: No. No, you're good to go. If you feel okay, you're good.
0: Yeah. And around August 11th, when things didn't quite feel right, Victor knew that something was up. He's like, I'm, I'm either going to go to jail or back to that hospital. And he didn't want to go back to that hospital because he didn't like that electric electric shock therapy so anyways every day after august 11th he would imagine killing someone again oh no he just wanted to kill he wanted to kill his brothers
1: oh no oh no you know
0: but he didn't so
1: oh i'm just so i just need to know who's gonna die (laughs) is that too much to ask it's
0: coming it's coming (sighs) he confessed to his friends that day that he wanted to kill somebody sweet and you know his friends are just like, no, you don't seem like the type. That's it. Yeah, you don't seem like the type.
1: Okay, but honestly, like, legitimately, your friends would probably never think that you would. Like, if I admitted something like that, I think my friends would be like,
0: no. I mean, you but got there a was point.
1: also some leading up shit to it, though. Yeah, too. he was in a mental facility and stuff. Put it,
0: yeah, he just came out of a, a mental facility and he's confessing to you he wants to kill someone, and you're like. Nah, you're not the type.
1: And yeah, he Um, was just in there for kind of having those urges and seeing the devil and weird shit.
0: Yeah, so that's a little bit bit sketch right there. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. Victor couldn't sleep though. Killing was on his mind. Thoughts that maybe he could kill might bring him closer to the devil. Why that thought was there, he didn't want to be closer to the devil. But that thought was there. So.
1: He couldn't get rid of it. He couldn't shake it. Couldn't
0: shake it. Victor spent the day of August 14th on the tractor, and at about 9.30 p.m. that day, he lay on the couch and fell asleep. His parents woke him up at about 9.30 to go to bed, you know, get off the couch, go to bed, but he couldn't fall asleep again, and he began to imagine things. So to keep himself occupied, instead of imagining these things and laying in bed, he went to the garage and worked in the garage for about an hour, found he couldn't work anymore, you know, he was too preoccupied in his mind, and physically tired he's still recovering from the uh, the the hospital right yeah I was about to say mental facility that's not politically correct my bad Um, he paced up and down when suddenly he had a strange feeling on the right side of his head it felt as if his whole body had been cut in half and something had left him there was no pain wow it was more pleasure what and there was a very strong impulse to kill
1: Okay, like even stronger than the shit he was already dealing with.
0: Even stronger than before, with this like
1: oh, gosh being
0: cut in half feeling, it just overwhelmed him.
1: Because I'm like, keep working in the garage. That's good. Just keep your mind off. He it.
0: didn't keep working in the garage. Oh, he gassed up his car.
1: Sweet. Yep.
0: Loaded up his 22 caliber rifle. Okay. And drove off.
1: Nice. Love it.
0: As he drove past lots of houses, he felt the urge to stop at each one of them he passed.
1: So those lucky mofos those that he kept mofos. going. lucky mofos.
0: And every house he passed, the urge kept getting stronger, but he kept keeping, kept driving.
1: And this is like the nighttime, the middle of the night.
0: Uh, yeah, this is about 2 in the morning Sweet. or so. Sweet,
1: okay. It's poor people.
0: So he ended up coming to a farmhouse where the urge was particularly strong. And the voice in his head told him, this is it. This is where you have to go and do it. So unlike those other houses, Victor turned into the driveway, stopped his car, got out, picked up his gun, and went inside.
1: I just had to like look away from you. It's like a horror movie that you have to like look away from. (laughs) You're
0: saying I'm a horror movie? I'm like a train wreck. You can't look at me? Thanks. Love you too, babe. with
1: what you're presenting. I'm just like, I can't look. I can't look. Even though I need to be covering my ears.
0: So he approached the house with a gun. And when he entered the house, he recognized the kitchen.
1: He recognized the kitchen? He had
0: seen it in a dream.
1: Oh, weird. Shit.
0: But that thought was cut short. He was cut short by the sound of a man shouting, Who is it? Inside the house was the family known as the Petersons. The man who was speaking was the father, James Peterson. And we're going to end the episode here. We, we're oh, going to do a second part for this. Boom. So if you want to hear the second part to this episode, we're going to drop it, what, like tomorrow? We're, we're not going to make you guys oh, wait Oh, no, we long. can't
1: make them wait a week. That would be mean.
0: That would be brutal. That
1: would be so rude.
0: So that is the whole leading up to the massacre.
1: Drop it on Thursday. The Shell
0: Lake Massacre. The what?
1: We could drop it on Thursday.
0: That's just mean. We'll drop it tomorrow. We can do it tomorrow you really want to make them wait an extra day wow
1: you're making me look like an asshole and you're like the nice one
0: i mean i gotta get some brownie points (laughs) anyway i can right do you need brownie points (laughs) always brownie points are a good thing to collect (laughs) okay so the next episode will be tomorrow and it'll be the second part to this and you learned all about the backstory now it's into the murder
1: wow shit's gonna go down it is
0: So, you guys, thank you for being here. Thank you for giving us so much support. Oh,
1: the support.
0: The 10,000 downloads, the like 600 of you who are actively listening. You guys are insane.
1: Amazing people.
0: We love you Love it. Love it. Appreciate you.
1: Until Wednesday, stay wicked.
0: Yeah.